am the guy to beat Donald Trump because the opposite of Donald Trump is an Asian man who likes math. Thank you very much, San Francisco. Thank you all, we love you. Let's win this election, let's win this whole thing. Thank you. Hey everyone, Brian Anderson here. We're back in your feed with a podcast extra. Candidates are already making their way to California as the 2020 presidential campaign revs up. To help you learn more about the candidates who want to take on Trump for the Democratic Party, we're releasing special episodes when we get a chance to meet them on the California campaign trail. On Friday, I spoke with Andrew Yang, a New Yorker who's running for the Democratic nomination. He's a guy who went to an Ivy League college and made millions of dollars through his business. But despite his similarities to President Donald Trump, he insists he couldn't be more different. As he puts it, the opposite of Trump is an Asian who likes math. To set the scene for you, I found myself sitting in a campaign rental car in San Francisco after Yang spoke to his largest crowd yet. More than 1,000 people came to his rally. This was quite the showing for someone holding his first major California event. The enthusiasm was clear, with most of the audience being young and Asian American. After he spoke, he remained on the stage for nearly an hour and a half. He took selfies with those in attendance and refused to leave until he shook every person's hand. Since an appearance last month on The Joe Rogan Show, Yang's campaign has received a substantial uptick in support. He's received donations from more than 65,000 people, which secures him a spot on the Democratic debate stage. Central to his campaign is a plan to give all Americans $12,000 a year, which he calls the Freedom Dividend. I spoke with him to learn more about it, as well as how he plans to generate support in the state. All right, enjoy the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? (laughs) Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, We clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. Welcome to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. We're here in the car with a presidential candidate, Mr. Andrew Yang. Mr. Yang, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Oh, thanks for being here. It's a, it's a pleasure to share the first California rally. Um, it's a lot of fun. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Who are you? I'm Andrew Yang. I'm running for president as a Democrat in 2020. Um, and I'm a, an entrepreneur who believes that the reason why Donald Trump's our president today is that we automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs in Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Missouri, Iowa. And now, if you're here in California in the Bay Area, you probably agree that what we did to those jobs, we're soon going to do to retail jobs, call center jobs, fast food jobs, eventually truck driving jobs, and that the forces that brought Donald Trump into the White House are just going to get stronger uh, and so I'm running for president to help create a more human-centered economy uh, to make it work for Americans so that we can actually solve uh, solve the problems that got Donald Trump a- elected and also manage the transformation uh, that we're in the midst of economically. Describe your, your views on universal basic income. This is your main sticking point, $4 trillion a year for the cost. Where is it coming from and what is it? 
Yeah, so it's a bit less than four trillion. It, it's uh, the headline is about three trillion. Um, but to, to take a step back, yes, my flagship policy is the freedom dividend, which is something I've rebranded universal basic income, and it's one thousand dollars per adult per month. Uh, it's like a dividend that we all get. And the first reaction to this people have is like, well, it's you know three or four trillion dollars a year. It's too much. Um, for context, our economy is. 20 trillion dollars up 5 trillion in the last um, 12 years and the federal budget's 4 trillion give you some big numbers now the the fact is it's not 3 trillion it actually shrinks to more like 1.8 trillion because we're already spending 1.5 trillion on various income support programs primarily social security but also about 126 so some of this is pulled from existing resources well what happens is if you guarantee every american adult $1000 a month uh, and you say hey here's the new freedom dividend but if you take the freedom dividend you're foregoing benefits from various programs then people will look at it and say okay i like my programs because you know i'm getting 1400 bucks a month or whatever it is um and then they don't take the freedom dividend but then it doesn't cost three trillion it costs three trillion less that thousand of that person then you extrapolate that through the people that are on various programs it ends up reducing the headline cost to closer to 1.8 trillion because again we're spending so much money on various income support programs um, and so for the 1.8 trillion the big move we have to make is that right now amazon paid zero in federal taxes last year and that's not an anomaly i mean that's actually fairly normal for them um, and so what we have to do is we have to put ourselves in position to benefit from all of the advances in ai and um so why does it jeff, jeff bezos need twelve thousand dollars a year why not target it toward lower income or middle class people well if you fund it appropriately like this value added tax i'm suggesting which is the way we harness the gains from artificial intelligence and everything else um so amazon trillion dollar company many hundreds of billions in revenue zero taxes so if you have a value added tax that then pumps a lot of that value the um, from the amazon transactions into our hands jeff bezos is going to end up being a net payer of billions of dollars relative to what he's paying now which is next to nothing and so if you pay in billions of dollars like jeff's going to and then we send him a thousand bucks a month just to remind him that he's still a citizen and still a human being it's you know it's it's not anything to be upset about and that's going to be true for people at the top end of the income distribution because they're going to be paying much more into the vat either through their business like jeff or through their personal consumption. You mentioned Amazon, so I'm just going to ask for fun. You have a book that's on Amazon. It takes one to two months to ship. Why is that? What's going on? Well, what happened was uh, you're, you're referring to the hardcover version of the book, which is now sold out. But I'm happy to say the paperback version comes out on April 2nd, and so it'll get in your hands a bit faster. And as far as major policy proposals, looking through your website, you have counseling for, for marriage uh, to a journalism fellows program. What would you say are two or three, besides universal basic income, issues that are at the top of your priority list? Because I looked through your website and you've got dozens of ones. No, uh, uh, one is forgiving a significant chunk of student loan debt because that is crippling the next generation. It's up to $1.5 trillion, up from less than $100 billion in 99. So it's gone up 15 times in 20 years, and that's going to be this massive anchor on young people. So I'm going to forgive a lot of the debt, and it's an economic stimulus. Um, I also am very focused on this opiate epidemic, uh, where we have to get those numbers down. Uh, and so I'm examining right now a plan to 
partially decriminalize uh, opiates to try and get more treatment options into people's hands so they don't feel like they're going to go to jail if they get caught with heroin or fentanyl. Um, so those are some of the big things that I think we need to do to help move our society forward. And why run on a Democratic ticket? Those sound like libertarian issues. Well, uh, I'm, I've been a Democrat for a long time. I was appointed in the Obama administration uh, and on many, many progressive issues like reproductive rights and uh, uh, gay rights and many other things. I line up with uh, uh, the Democrats. So I want to get to another issue that's very personal for you. Your family came from Taiwan, and you mentioned in your immigration policy that you want a pathway to citizenship, but you want to make sure that people are... are it seems like there's sort of a merit-based system for it. Can you walk us through your immigration policy, and would your parents have been able to come to this country and live here legally under your policy? Yeah, they, they would have because they came here to study, and one of the things I would do is I would staple a green card to the diploma of any international student who graduates from one of our universities because uh, it doesn't make sense to educate someone and then send them away to compete against you. So I'm happy to say my parents would have... Um, had that work out. But there are many, many people here in the U.S. that are not like coming in as international students, and we need to have a pathway to citizenship for people who are here and undocumented. So I'm very pro-immigrant generally because, you know, I, I think immigrants make our country stronger. And if, as far as taxation policy goes, have you had any idea of what your ideal tax brackets are in an ideal world? Well, certainly they'd be more progressive than they are now, uh, and so we take the top tax rate up. Um, one thing I'm passionate about is that we have to not advantage capital gains relative to labor. Um, you know, capital gains should at least be getting paid or getting taxed at the same level as labor. The carried interest loophole also just so stupid. Um, so, um, so make the taxes more progressive, and then close the giant loopholes that are enjoyed by uh, some of my friends in finance. What do you see as some of the major differences between you and the other candidates? Not asking you to criticize particular candidates, but where do you stand out? Well, uh, I'm just focused on trying to solve the problems. I'll take good ideas from anywhere. And so, um, you know, one of the things I think is going to happen on this campaign is that some of the other candidates are going to um, pick up some of my ideas. Um, but that's really, I think, what sets us apart is that we don't care about anything but just solving some problems on the ground. Is it ethical to be a billionaire from your perspective? Um, well, if you look at it, our, our economy right now is designed in some ways to uh, produce billionaires. And so if someone has become a billionaire of this past era, um, you know, it's certainly not like a, an intrinsically bad thing. Um, you know, if you wanted to prevent billionaires, you would have designed a different system. Um, and now we have the system we have. Uh, it's certainly incredibly now... Um, concentrating the wealth in the hands of a shrinking group of people and that's bad for everyone uh, income inequality has been shown to be bad even for people at the top because you get more depressed and anxious uh, if you're rich in an unequal society than if you're successful in a more egalitarian society so you know it's not just about trying to like keep it yeah about to keep every last dollar uh, you know it's like they're, they're like the human condition's a little bigger than that Last one for people looking to draw comparisons. You've criticized Trump a lot and on the surface for demographics. You both went to Ivy League colleges. You have no previous political reporting or previous political experience. Entrepreneurs with lots of money. Should voters be concerned about electing another Donald Trump with you? I mean, uh, I think anyone who spends any time would realize I'm the opposite of Donald Trump in, in, in many, <laughs> how many so? regards. How so? Yeah, how so indeed. Um, uh, but... 
I, I, I'm a genuine builder and not a marketing charlatan like he was. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm solving problems on the ground and, and I care deeply about the American people and this country. And Americans can tell the difference immediately. You know, it's like you, you just spend any time and you realize that um, we have completely different visions for the country and completely different priorities and operating styles where I, I love to elevate people and, um, you know, I don't care about um, who gets credit. I just want to push things forward. And I, I think, unfortunately, Donald Trump is uh, from a different school. Last one I just had. You're sort of a dark horse in this race and you've gained a lot of traction after your Joe Rogan <laughs> interview. What is the one thing that you want Californians to know about you who are hearing your name for the first time listening to this? You know, I, I think that uh, I'd like Californians to, to know that, you know, I'm just like them. Like I'm a parent and American. I see what's going on in the country and I thought I could do something about it. And I'm glad to say that this campaign uh, is picking up so much steam that I think we're going to be able to solve a lot of these problems. And it's it's really uh, an, an incredible and invigorating thing to experience. Mr. Yang, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Thank you, man. Thank you for waiting. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast extra. You can also follow me on Twitter for updates throughout the election cycle. You can find me at Brian R. Anderson. That's B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. If you like what you heard on today's show, please make sure to leave us a review. It helps other people find our show. Word of mouth also helps. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation.